Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. My brand new book, Midwife Pip's Guide to a Positive Birth, is now available. So much more than a book, this is a guide that allows me to hold your hand through your birth preparation journey. With over a decade of experience and knowledge packed in to ensure you really are empowered in the way you deserve to achieve a positive birth, regardless of the twists and turns that crop up. Make sure that you get your hands on Midwife Pip's Guide to a Positive Birth Book now and are empowered to have the birth experience that you deserve. Hello, I'm Pip and welcome to the Midwife Pip podcast. Part of my mission in ensuring your pregnancy, birth and motherhood journeys are supported, positive and empowering. Are you ready? Let's get chatting. The first trimester is arguably the most physically and psychologically challenging trimester in pregnancy, yet it's shrouded in secrecy, leaving women feeling alone and isolated in their anxiety and their symptoms. Worst of all, it means women are left dealing with the grief of miscarriage behind closed doors. This week, we are talking about a topic I am super passionate about. Why is it we are so secretive about the first trimester? And is this right? And I have an incredible guest joining me to explore this seemingly societal norm. From discussing taboo subjects on her YouTube channel to inspiring us with her workouts, supporting us to protect our minds and bodies with her retreats and movement app and creating the most wonderful body positivity book for children, My Beautiful Body. Carly Rowena is an inspirational mum, keeping things real and supporting other women on her mission. So welcome, and in case you hadn't already heard, Finley is also on the podcast this afternoon. <laughs> I love that, I love the little intro. That was an amazing intro. I need you to do that for me every single day. That was wonderful. I was like, I should hit save on that to use that for myself. Thank you. <laughs> well, you have done, you've done some amazing work. And actually, and I think I post about this on my social quite a bit, but your book is just what we need in today's world when we think about bringing our children up. I, re I really genuinely love reading it to Finley and we read it most days. Partly, I think, because he's such a humongous baby and bless him, he already gets comments from people like, oh, you're a big boy. And, and obviously it's harmless, oh. but it's just really nice, I think, to reinforce that you're beautiful, you know, you're, you're wonderful in the size that you should be. Of course, yeah, I literally wrote that because I just knew at some point someone is going to say something to my daughter that is going to change how she views herself. And I hate the idea of that happening. I know it will happen. So I was like, if I can do a book that not only gets the little ones thinking about how amazing their bodies are, but the adults that are reading it, because when you're reading it, you're also like, oh yeah, we all berate ourselves all the time. So 
and how, who knows how many awful things we've said in our mind during that day. But then when we have that little bit of quiet time with, with our little one and we're reading, it can be a little reminder that, yeah, our bodies are beautiful and they do so much more than just appearance based. And their appearance is gorgeous. Mm. But um, yeah, Finley's definitely beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> he does agree. He does like looking at each other. Good. That's what we want. <laughs> but anyway, that's completely side to side because it's not really what, what we've come on to talk about. But I just, from a, from a personal mum to mum, wanted to thank you for doing doing that but what I really want to talk to you about Carly and I know that for for some people listening this might be a little bit triggering or perhaps a difficult conversation because we're going to discuss a little bit about miscarriage and Mm -hmm. you have shared incredibly actually and very bravely across your social platforms your recent miscarriage to try and Mm -hmm. I guess the reason behind it is to try and really raise raise awareness get women talking about this so before we dive into that in any way I just want to ask how you actually are at the moment and how you're feeling oh I don't think I've ever had anyone ask me how I am on a podcast I am honestly I am okay I mean I've got lots of things going as you know life is very busy and I think when you do have another one already you don't get as much time to maybe think about how you are but I mean there isn't a day that doesn't go by where I don't think about it but I'm definitely in a I feel like I've learned some lessons um from the miscarriage and I'm very much just working through discovering what the path is next but yeah I'm okay I'm in a good space right now so thank you oh good I'm pleased to hear it and actually for anyone listening who hasn't reached that point yet it's reassuring to hear that you will become okay and of course you know it's it's heartbreaking it's and it's horrendous and we can't shy away from that but actually you will function you will get get through it eventually I think that's just reassuring of course like grief is a normal thing to go through and we all do will go through it at some point in our lives how long it takes you to get to a point where you feel okay it's very different for everybody but I do feel like actually talking about it is one of the main reasons why I do now feel okay and maybe more okay than others feel um so yeah I'm always happy to talk about these kind of things and I think if it helps one person it's definitely worth it yeah, oh, that's just, it's amazing because it is brave, isn't it? When Especially when you've got an audience and you know people are going to be talking yeah. about it. And I think as well, you mentioned their grief, Carly. And I always think we expect, don't we, to just have this like nice linear recovery from mm. grief. And it's so not like that, is it? It's like up, down, up, down, up, down. So one good day doesn't mean that every day is going to get better. There are going to be setbacks. And it's okay to, to recognize that. I think it's quite helpful. Definitely, because even without grief or anything awful happening in our lives, we are up, down and up, down anyway. So you throw in some other things that give us things to think about, or maybe feel like we're not good enough or feel like we're a bit broken. You throw those in on the days that are already lower. Yeah, you've got a reason for it to feel like a roller coaster. But that is what life is. Is is it Ronan Keaton said that? He said it was a roller coaster. So we all (laughs) knew it was going to be one. (laughs) He is not wrong either, is he? He is not wrong. (laughs) Now, first trimester, such a difficult one, isn't it? Why do you think we keep it such a secret? So I have never understood why we keep it a secret, if I'm honest, because coming at it from a coach point of view, if I have a client and they don't tell me that they're pregnant, there is so many things I would feel dreadful if I had, you know, caused, not that I can, but if I'd done anything that would make them feel uncomfortable or if they were going through something and I didn't fully know their mindset or their body. So I always think that for professionals, depending on what you're doing, you do need to tell some people because it's really, really important. But then from actually being the woman and going through pregnancy, I think it's important because if it's your first child, you have absolutely no idea what's going on. You may question every single moment about your day. 
social media, books, the internet will tell you that you need to change everything about your current life possibly, which is also terrifying. Mm. You might feel awful as well, as in like going through bouts of sickness, headaches, all those kind of things. And to go through that in silence or perhaps with just your partner, it's huge. That's such a load of stuff to go through. So it baffles me that we keep that completely silent. And it feels like the reason why we keep that completely silent is to avoid if the worst should happen. Um, and obviously we'll go into that later, but I feel like if the worst should happen, you would have wanted your support crew around from the get-go to be there for you. Um, so yeah, for me, I just feel like that first trimester, it's so important that you do have some people around you that you can talk to. Um, people that you would have spoken to regardless of the outcome, I think is a scenario. So like myself, if I was to find out I was pregnant again, I probably wouldn't share on social media until probably about 20 weeks for myself so that I knew where I was at and so I could let my friends and family and stuff know. But I think on social media, it's really tricky to kind of like share because that's a lot of people you're going to have to end up telling should it not go the right way. But and then not normal, all your best friends. Yeah, and then not <laughs> all your best friends. I mean, I love them all dearly, but I don't know everybody. Um, but if you're not on social media and you want to tell some people, that is very different because not such a wider audience that are maybe going to come and bring it up. Like I, I know one of my best friends recently had a miscarriage and she'd told some of the clients that were coming in. And then she hadn't seen those clients for like four or five months later. And then obviously they would come in and be like, oh, and she'd have to go through it again with each and every one. So there's kind of finding the right people to share it with. Hunt, I totally, totally echo what you're saying. And I think the first trimester is the hardest for some of those reasons you'd already mm-hmm. you know, mentioned, those symptoms, it is exhausting. And actually sometimes <laughs> just trying to pretend that you're not pregnant and you're not feeling that way is a massive challenge. And I often wonder, Carly, when we think about not telling people, even that inner circle, who are we who are we actually protecting are we worrying about protecting Mm. ourselves or actually are we are we trying to protect them because actually if if you said to your mum you know at your 20 weeks oh I didn't tell you until this point because what if I had a miscarriage actually she'd probably be heartbroken that she wouldn't have been able to, to support you should that have happened yeah um but we have this I think sometimes reverse psychology when it comes to discussing that first trimester definitely and when I did tell my mum my dad um, they were devastated because they hadn't known that I was pregnant because they hadn't mentioned anything. And I'm sure we'll talk about that later. Mum was like, oh, I feel like I, it's like almost getting the the crash without ever having the high part before. And I feel like I don't really know where you're at. And then you're having to talk as if it was going to happen. And then now it's not going to happen. You have to go back and forth on stuff and it almost makes it worse. Um, so yeah, I've definitely learned some lessons. Definitely. Yeah. And also I think what you just said, in your parents' shoes, it's really hard to grieve with you when like you say they didn't ever have the pregnancy to be excited Mm -hmm. about so so that process is then I think potentially actually a little bit harder for them to deal with that grief and to kind of get up to speed and support you where you're at at that point because they're not at that point just yet yeah Um, I think it's it's a difficult one isn't it It definitely is I mean of course there's no right or wrong but but I think we need to think about it a little bit more than perhaps we do at the moment yeah 100% agree with you I think it's just being honest and also just knowing yourself and your situation and your surroundings yeah. Oh gosh. Uh, yeah. And it's, it's choosing those people, isn't it? I think that's choose your, mm-hmm. choose your audience. Now yeah. the reality is we know that about one in four, so about 25% of pregnancies do devastatingly end in miscarriage. Mm-hmm. And there can be so many reasons for that. Um, but what that means is there are a lot of women affected. And actually, I don't think any of us don't not know someone or haven't been affected ourselves. You know, we, we all know somebody or we've all mm-hmm. experienced miscarriage ourselves. 
which means that there could be so many women supporting other women through this rather than feeling alone as we grieve. And I just wonder what your thoughts are on that, Carly, and your experience. And actually, what can we do? How can we try and change this dynamic and, and get women speaking and supporting each other rather than feeling isolated? Yeah, so I do a feature on my Instagram called Tell Me Your Secret. And I've I mean, seen this. Um, it's, yeah. it's, it's scandalous, but I love it. <laughs> <laughs> There's some great ones, isn't there? There's some absolutely amazing ones. Um, but I do get quite a few where um, it says, you know, I'm I'm currently going through a miscarriage. I'm currently having an abortion. I'm currently pregnant, but don't want it. I'm on my second. So many scenarios that women are going through and men as well. Um, and one of the ones about a miscarriage, when I get so many people saying it, um, they're like, I, I was going through a miscarriage same time as you. I'm going through one now. And I think the thing I wanted to get a lot across was when I had mine, I mean, I know my body very well, but I still wasn't sure if I was having a miscarriage for a second. And also the week later, when I went to go do the test, there was such a huge part of me that was still hoping that maybe it hadn't been. And so when I did the test, then it was like almost having it again and going through it. So I, and I was Googling and I was looking at things and I was trying to find out the right information and all those kind of bits and pieces. And I found it so lonely. So it was when I reached out and told people and other people came through to me and said, oh, this happens and look out for this and that kind of thing, that I was like, this should be a total normal conversation that we all have because I've got to 35 without having a miscarriage and I like to think I know my stuff and I still was like, I feel like I'm about 14 here, not understanding my body at all for the first time. And I think so many women must feel the same. Mm, Oh, definitely. And a lot of women often say that when they speak to somebody and say, you know, I've had a miscarriage, their response back is, oh, so have I, or so is my sister. Yeah. And then you have so many. And it's I like had so many people. Yeah, like such a shame that at that at that time you weren't there mm-hmm. to support each other, but actually you all went through this same awful, awful roller coaster simultaneously yeah. without helping. <laughs> a quick pause to remind you of the importance in protecting your mental well-being during pregnancy. Talking, sharing your worries and concerns can really help to lessen them and to help you realize you are not alone. For more expert information, sign up to actorclub.co.uk. Yeah, and one thing I hadn't thought about, because I, I found out pretty early, and, and I think I actually it baffled me when I spoke to my friend, and she said, well, did you know that like so many people, have more people probably had a miscarriage, because you wouldn't know if, say, you had a miscarriage quite early on, around like five, six, maybe seven or eight weeks, you might just think that's a normal period, mm. because unless you're looking for it, it could seem like a normal, just more heavier period. Um, and that made me go, wow, I wonder if I've had this before or if any of my friends have had this before. And you just wouldn't know. You just presume it was just a period, but it could have been that you were actually pregnant. Oh, 100%. It's definitely unreported, isn't it? Definitely. Because yeah. like you say, unless you've been trying to get pregnant and therefore you've yeah. thought, oh, my period's a bit late or let's let's test. Like you say, it's you might just be, oh, I'm bleeding, it's my period and, and not yeah. thought any more of it. Um, See, it's it's definitely higher than the reported statistics. Mm. And then those that do just suffer in silence and don't reach out, we we have no way of tracking those miscarriages either. Yeah, no, because I had mine and I told my friend who's a GP next door, I never went to my doctor for it because she kind of spoke to me and she checked me out. She was like, yeah, it's just, that's what it is right now. So I'm another one that technically 
will not be known within the GP records, but it's, yeah, it's it's happening a lot more, I think. Mm, than... It's happening a lot more, which is why it is incredible that you are talking about it because <laughs> I just know there's so many women that are going to just breathe a sigh of relief knowing that actually... Never alone, never alone, alone in anything. And whatever you're going through, there's always someone going through it too. Mm, there is. So let's talk about moving slightly away from miscarriage. Mm-hmm. The first trimester symptoms. Oh my mm-hmm. gosh, the first trimester. It's horrendous. <laughs> It's so awful. Um, how much easier would things be, Carly, if we just tried not to hide it and sort oh. some support when we're sat there vomiting constantly? Yeah, so I am going to probably be the hated person. With my daughter, Jack, she's three and a half now, I actually had, I was never sick, not once. The only time I was sick in the whole pregnancy was after, I think it was some online trolling that actually had like caused a little bit of trauma and I ended up being yeah. sick after that. But I didn't have a sick pregnancy which I'm very very grateful for. Good job you're a nice person. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah I'm so sorry but what I did have was like so crazy little things for me um so I realized I was pregnant with my second obviously um that ended in the miscarriage purely because uh my ring my wedding ring which definitely is not a cheap ring makes my finger go black completely black and I um started eating the same cereal that I was having before and it became a bit aggressive. A lot of cereal. That was, yeah, that was how we knew. And and for me, I just generally noticed that I just felt so fatigued and completely like I have zero brain, like full brain fog, which as all of us experience when you're trying to do a job or you're self-employed or you're taking care of another one, brain fog is not helpful. I was leaving my car door open, leaving the front door keys in the car, in the door. Um, yeah, things like that. We are like, where is my brain gone? <laughs> I feel like my brain just doesn't come back though. Honestly, oh, yeah, I, I, had, had, I went to open our grill the other week and there was a load of asparagus nicely cooked on there. I was like, oh, we were obviously meant to have that for dinner at some point. And we Beautiful. <laughs> yeah, we've done, we're all there. So that's fine. But yeah, I haven't ever, haven't had the sickness part, but I do remember I had, I would actually have quite liked to throw up because I had really bad acid reflux instead. Oh. So instead of being able to actually, and I can't burp either, which really sucks. I can burp, sorry, but I can't burp. So oh, we need I was to, finding- we need to work on that. How can we teach I you know. to burp? <laughs> I've never been able to do it. Um, so, and my daughter can do it beautifully. So it's obviously not genetic. But um, yeah, so I felt really sick, but was never able to be sick, which was very frustrating. Mm, you just don't get out of it like scratch free do you? There's always some no. kind of pesky, <laughs> pesky symptom. Yeah. Is, yeah, you gave mummy all the pesky symptoms. Oh no. <laughs> this is appropriate that you are piping up at the moment. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Now, one of the recent posts I saw on your Instagram, Carly, Mm -hmm. was suggesting that we focus on the things and the thoughts that we can control. So I think you mentioned like your words, your actions, your attitude, perspective, focus, effort, and energy. And I love this so much because I think the first trimester and pregnancy loss, whenever that might be, does Mm -hmm. feel incredibly out of control. Everything's new to your body. And that can be really, really challenging to cope with. I wonder if you've got any tactics, Carly, that you can share with us that perhaps you've used to heal both mentally and physically since suffering with your miscarriage. Yeah. So, I mean, first of all, 
you have to let the emotions out. I think one thing a lot of us do, and especially as women, we are taught to always be okay and always just kind of get on with things, especially if you've already got one child as well, because you're like, well, you, some people are like, well, you've got one, so that's fine. Those yeah. kind of comments are that's really, helpful. really helpful. Yeah, yeah. so helpful. Um, but I do think I'm not usually much of a crier, but I found myself, and when I had my miscarriage, my husband was not here. So I had the oh, the whole hard. week was, yeah, it was a week completely alone with my daughter. It was no help on that particular week, which is the way it fell. Um, and I didn't, I had no idea obviously what to do, but I was like, obviously when my daughter is asleep, so I'm not going to stress or worry her. I found myself just sitting with the feeling and kind of discussing it with myself. I found myself journaling a little bit to like let it out, just writing down how I was feeling, felt like I was having that conversation. I definitely had a couple of in the car, a good old scream in the car when I could and sang very loudly to some music. Um, But I think actually sitting with your emotions and thinking about what it's taught you. So for me, we we were not trying to fall pregnant. So I'm incredibly lucky that I did fall pregnant. Um, but we were very much questioning the whole, do we want to have a second? And it made me so aware that I really do want to have a second. And I could see it. And although it, because when you find out you're pregnant, you go through all these questions. And I was like, oh, how are we going to make it work? We want to move to another country. I've just got my life back. All these kind of things. Um it, made, it gave me kind of time with the miscarriage to really think about how I would handle all of that and what do I want from my life and what really is important. Um, so journaling and sitting with the feelings is really good. And then I loved having discussions with people. So if you don't share that you've had a miscarriage, you're not going to get to have those beautiful conversations. Um, I'm very lucky that my husband is a great communicator, but perhaps other people do not have that. And I know a couple of my friends who've had them, the relationship dynamics between their partner and theirs has been, it's almost been like, I've had a miscarriage, we've had a miscarriage and then never spoken again. And there's been no, where do we go from here? Because it's a really weird moment when it's like, okay, I've had a miscarriage, whether you were planning or you were not, what do you do next? Mm. Are you still trying? Are you having a break? Is sex sex or is sex now sex to make a, it's so hard and it, it's a bit uncomfortable. It's a bit like when you have like, yeah, it's like an awkward fumble. You're like, I don't know what we're doing here now. Um, so I feel for anyone that kind of has that. So an open conversation with your partner about what that meant to them and also conversations with the people around you, if you can, um, to see kind of what helped them and what got them through it. But for me, it was definitely journaling, listening to my emotions and kind of thinking about myself with another how would that work was really really good for me I feel like then perhaps this miscarriage has been like a massive life reflection event for you huge yeah you know your head your headspace sounds like it's it's drastically changed so Carly I wonder then what's what's it looking like in the future for you has there been support to sort of help you plan whether you are going to try for another pregnancy or not and that's obviously completely personal to you and your partner but has there been has there been support available to you to help you navigate what that might look like and what avenues you should take so I'm really lucky because I I have invested in a a therapist I've been with her for a little while so it was really lovely she knew me and actually funny enough when I found out I was pregnant the first person I called was my therapist not my husband (laughs) he was on a retreat and I was thinking well I'm not going to tell him this because I don't know where he's at um so the first person I called was that so I've kind of discussed it and 
but it was a huge change for us. Um, I always saw myself with two children, but I wasn't necessarily seeing it at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, the discussion that's gone with my partner is it would not be great timing, but what we have learned, which I guess is going to be a really lovely one for your um, listeners, there is no such thing as good timing. Because as much as my brain was going, when I found out I was pregnant, I was happy, but I was like, this is really bad timing. Um, and obviously it, it didn't pan out, but I realized there is no such thing as good timing ever. It is just, you make it work because that is the scenario that you're in and it will be amazing however it pans out. And I wish someone had kind of said that to me because that is definitely a thing that I've learned that yeah, it wouldn't have been good timing, but actually would it have been good timing? I won't know because I didn't get the chance, but there is no such thing as um, bad timing. It's just the way that you deal with it. And I always think if we wait for the perfect time, we'll be waiting forever, won't we? Like, <laughs> yeah. I was very much in that boat when we were starting to think about starting a family. Um, yeah, we weren't moving house. Like we were in the middle of a pandemic. Like there was yeah. so much that wasn't great timing, but it was like, well, when is, when is it going to be better timing? How yeah. long is it going to take us to conceive? Like all of these variables that we don't, we just don't have control over, do mm-hmm. we? It's no. so much, I think it's just so much more bigger and more powerful than us like we're mm-hmm. just not going to have control over it and like you say you've kind of just got to fig- figure it out and we always figure it out don't we like we always yeah. always figure it out it's always okay in the end yeah just the fear of the unknown is always a scary one and also if you have a miscarriage you do have like hindsight and you can always like blame yourself afterwards mm. so if anyone is listening to this and they've gone through a miscarriage or perhaps going through one right now the blame part just like mum guilt when you become a parent is really rubbish. And if there's one thing I could erase, it would be the blame part because truly with miscarriages, it is actually so hard to make a baby. And it's not this like, oh, I want to have a baby, I'm going to have one and then boom. It's just not like that for many people. And your body is incredible. Just sometimes it just doesn't work out. So blaming yourself is going to be the excess stress that it does not need. Um, and that's really interesting because one of the things that I, I probably get questions about this whenever mm-hmm. I talk about miscarriage on my social, like constantly, and that is around whether exercise causes miscarriage. And so yeah. many women will say to me like, oh, you know, I've stopped running because I'm so scared of miscarriage mm-hmm. and I've stopped doing this because of that. And we know, you and I know that's like a massive myth, isn't it? Like exercise yeah. just doesn't cause miscarriage. It is that simple. Yeah. But did you have any kind of, oh, but I did that stretch or I did this? Did you (laughs) have any? Of course, of course, we're all human. Like I have done all of the exams for pregnancy um, fitness and I've done it myself. I mean, I did CrossFit until the day I gave birth with Jax. I didn't know I was pregnant until much later with her. I did much more crazy things than I did with this second one. Mm. Um, but you can't not look and go, oh, was it because I did this after this? I was learning this, of course. Um, and people will do that whether they exercise or not. But honestly, I truly think that having a happy, healthy mindset. So if you love running, continue run. to run <laughs> yeah. and then adapt it when it doesn't feel so good. Your body doesn't let you do things. We know this, like your body doesn't let you do things that it's not good for, it won't, it just won't let that happen. So like if you are well in tune with your body, you will know, so for a great example that I often think about is um, I started drinking fizzy water when I was pregnant with my daughter. And I was like, I have no idea what it's just must be a pregnancy craving. But I was suffering really badly from restless leg. And I looked into it and quinine is in the water. And so I was drinking that and that was helping with it. And I was like, wow. And there's all these rules and regulations for things you should and shouldn't do. And I was like, I'm going to listen to what, if my body says it likes it or it wants it, I'm going to do that within degree. And I honestly found I had such a wonderful pregnancy. So I really do feel like 
If you're a runner, run. If you lift, lift. Just do me a favor and tell the coach if you have one. And if you have a day where it doesn't feel good, doesn't mean you don't have to ever do it again, but scale it or rest that day and then think about it another day. But um, exercise is so good for the brain. And if it's something you've always done, actually just suddenly stopping would be far worse for it than reducing it down. Yeah, and that's a good point because we know that stress um, and anxiety actually has detrimental impacts on pregnancy. So like you say, if if you're suddenly going to put yourself into this massive state of stress and and mental Mm -hmm. illness, then actually that's going to have probably more of a, well, definitely more of a detrimental effect than you continuing to to exercise so so knowing that actually that is not a link I think it's really helpful to some women yeah no you're always going to look at every single thing that you do but I promise you it will not be down to your exercise it's just not meant to be on that occasion Mm, hard though isn't it because I think we very much like in society to have a reason and something to fix and miscarriage doesn't fit into that box which makes it really difficult I think to to cope with and then to think how on earth am I gonna how am I gonna navigate another pregnancy because I've got this risk again and what if it happens again? Yeah. Can I psychologically deal with that happening again? You have mm. all these extra stresses on you that perhaps you didn't have when you hadn't experienced that before. Yeah, that's definitely the thing that I probably struggled with the most afterwards was that I've never not trusted my body. And for a minute there, for a little while, I was thinking, I'm obviously broken somewhere. Like there's obviously something that didn't work. And in my first pregnancy, it was super easy. And I've all, my body's always done my vast of it. And on this occasion, it didn't. So will that do that? You, get, you lose trust and losing trust within your own body. If you've had it, it's such an awful feeling because you start thinking, well, I don't know what's wrong. So this could happen again. And that really hurts. I don't really want to go through that again. Mm-hmm. But just like no two labors are the same just like no job even with the same title is the same you just it's your body doesn't always react in the same way and because you've had one doesn't mean you're going to have your next one and if you do have one and then you go through it again the strength part there is you know what you're going through you will hopefully have also then told some people around you so you've got that and if it does happen again then obviously try and speak to people speak to the professionals to see if there is a kind of a reason for it something that's going on that maybe you can get some advice with um but just because you've had one or just because you haven't had any doesn't mean you're going to have one Mm, definitely and I think certainly for me listening to you Kylie the main message is like we just need to talk about it it needs to not be something that makes you feel ashamed or embarrassed or broken it needs to be something that is like this has happened to me and it's Mm -hmm. really really shit and it's really really tough but it's not something I've done it's not something I need to be ashamed about or embarrassed about no and it is hard because when you go through a miscarriage and you tell people it does seem like the whole world around you is pregnant it definitely does suddenly don't know whether Google's doing its thing and throwing everyone that's pregnant at you, but it definitely becomes that way. Um, and one thing I've noticed as well is that the men or the partner also need to be supported in it. Because I found a lot of times that like I told people, but my husband, he felt like, because I guess in that very beginning of a pregnancy, they don't feel so involved. They can't see anything physiologically happening. It's almost like it's not happening until you kind of get the bump. He was like, I don't think it's my thing to tell anyone. And I was like, well, it is. It's your baby too. Um, So I feel like kind of helping each other to know because I've met countless men who have gone through a miscarriage with their partner and then just never known how to approach it, never dealt with it, and kind of worried as to what they, how they move forward with it. 
And I think it's a conversation both sexes. Men should be having it with their friends to talk about this has happened because then they can help each other to help their partners. And women should be having that conversation so they can help each other feel less alone when it does happen. Mm, communication is there. We need to communicate. Yeah, it's the hardest that. thing, but yes, we need to do it. And I do. I actually do feel like the narrative is changing. I do feel like more people are talking about it. And I hope that my daughter, when she grows up, she's not going to see it as a broken thing. Because it's definitely not a broken thing at all. It's not, of course. Yeah, of course it's not. Of course. And that you, people like you talking about it is just, <laughs> it's just really helpful actually for continuing to pave that way for, for future generations. Now, mm-hmm. Carly, anyone that comes on the podcast, I always mm-hmm. ask for three top tips. So okay. throwing you on the spot, but mm-hmm. um, three top tips to managing first trimester and anxiety around miscarriage, whether it's your first or, or you've had a miscarriage before perhaps. Yeah, so first trimester anxiety, top things I would do is get yourself a little journal so you can start writing down how you feel. Because if you are someone that does struggle with communication, it might not be that easy to be like, I'm just going to start telling people. So get a journal and when you think about it, don't make it a super stressful thing. Just sit with yourself and ask yourself how you're feeling, what's easy, what's not easy. There's some amazing like websites, Pinterest can have like journaling prompts if you feel like I have no idea, but that's quite a nice way and also a lovely thing to look back at later um, and also with anxiety try not to google too much try to limit what you are seeing online and what you're watching because a lot of them can kind of intensify that and that's just not a good feeling um, and I would make the most of um, the in definitely in the first trimester doing some self-care and giving some love back to yourself and just taking note of what feels good because it does get a little bit more tricky later on so but you know what I'm going to go and do this because I can still do this movement I'm going to go and do this because I can still do that especially if it's your first pregnancy, then you haven't got anyone else to rely on. No other little ones. So kind of just enjoy fully absorbing and taking all the focus on yourself because that's a wonderful thing to be able to do. Yes. And your baby is going to reap all the benefits of you doing yeah. that. Like, yeah, definitely. So, so good. And what a great role model as well for, you know, other little ones, I think, if yeah. you are demonstrating a bit of self-love, a bit of self-care. Self-respect. Yeah, bedtime. And I love what you just said about the journaling as well, Kylie, because that's something I actually did when we mm. were sort of umming and about pregnancy and I obviously see everything as a midwife. So there was lots of anxiety around conceiving and miscarriage and, and even, you know, mid-trimester and late-trimester mm. loss. Um, so it's something I did and, and I, I read back at it a few weeks ago and I was like, oh my gosh, my head, it was oh. in such, I guess, perhaps a little bit of a chaotic space to start with, because uh-huh. I really was like, is this the right thing for us to do? Maybe we shouldn't, maybe we should wait, but we're mm-hmm. not getting any younger and, you know, this that, and the other. And actually, it's really nice to reflect back on as well. And you feel kind of yeah. proud of the journey you've come on, I think, when you when you do that too. Definitely, well, especially because your head gets so busy thinking about all these different things. You have so many questions and I know it sounds a bit weird when people that don't journal. I didn't journal for a really long time. And when I mean journal, I'm not thinking stress yourself out. I'm thinking literally a scrap piece of paper and just write down whatever is going around and around and around. And just you can answer that or you can just leave it as is. But it's just a great way to kind of clear the head and refocus on what you maybe do or don't want. And if you can't communicate, then you can show it to the person, which is always really handy. Yeah, definitely. Oh, Carly, thank you so much. You are a wonderful human. I oh, love you too. <laughs> I really look forward to following the rest of your journey. And I'm thank really, you. really genuinely pleased that you are in that place where you're feeling okay. Yeah, I mean, I have Jack, so I'm very, very lucky that I have a little one that I can just absorb and be with. And I have a wonderful community. So everyone deserves to give themselves that chance to just have a community of good people around them. Just chat it out. Never alone, ever always talk, always talk. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much, Carly.
Thank you. Thank you for tuning in today. I hope you've enjoyed this episode as much as I did. I'd be hugely grateful if you could take a moment to leave a quick review. It honestly means the world to me to hear from you as a listener. And of course, to ensure you don't miss upcoming episodes, hit subscribe too. Remember, I'm here to support you through pregnancy, birth and beyond through my range of pregnancy, birth prep and postpartum courses at midwifepip.com. I hope to get to know you better and to help you on your empowering journey soon. Hi, my name is Kay Adams, and to be honest, I'm not so good with the aging process, so I enlisted my old chum, the filter-free Cara McKenzie, to advise. Could you imagine being a porn star? The room would need to be really hot for me to strip (laughs) off. To be honest, she's not much help, but she is rather amusing. And along with some great guests, Joe Brand, Andy Oliver, Anton Dubeck, Ruth Langsford, and Craig Revel Horwood, darling, we are learning how to be 60. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.